Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 177. This is the week. It's the start of the NFL New Year tomorrow, Wednesday, March 16th, which means free agents can sign new deals with teams every week. Free agents season is always a roller coaster for Dynasty managers. If you are a Dynasty freak, you know that players' values rise and drop <laughs> depending on what happens during all this time of free agency. Not only that, the Dynasty value of players on teams that they left and the teams that they signed with really affects people. And so the start of this new year is a great part of the Dynasty season for Dynasty Freaks. It's going to be a really fun week ahead. Uh, full disclosure, I'm recording this on Monday uh, afternoon, just right after several, several other bits of news broke. But um, I'm going to talk more about ones that were signed before Monday afternoon. And we'll post this on Tuesday morning. Uh, you know, Before the new year starts, uh, teams can make trades. They can re- re-sign their own players and even put franchise tag you know, on, on players. And last week was definitely one of the most wild weeks in the NFL, and this week shapes up to be one that's even more exciting. But So before the hectic week begins, I thought that I would talk about some of the moves that NFL teams made and the way that they've affected the dynasty values of the players on those teams and the players on the teams that they went to. So here we go. Uh, let's talk first about the big, the big, 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 big news. There was a lot of it, but this might have been the biggest. Tom Brady is coming back. So let's talk about Tom Brady coming back and Chris Godwin uh, getting the franchise tag. Brady's you know stunning announcement uh, that he was going to return to Tampa Bay. It just boosted instantly all the value of all the Buccaneers, who we all know would have taken a significant value hit if Kyle Trask uh, was their Week One starter. I kind of assumed all along that they were going to not that Brady was not going to come back, but they would sign someone else so that you could kind of hold up the value of those uh, pass catchers in uh, Tampa Bay a little bit further. But with Brady coming back, you know you've got one more year of great productivity. I really think this will be Brady's last season since he has say, said all along that he wanted to play till he's 45. Well, he's going to get to do that. For one year, Brady at least buoys the value of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who I said received the franchise tag from the team. Now, the only question now is if Brady's return will lead to Rob Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette uh, being willing to make deals, you know, team-friendly deals with the teams to make one more Super Bowl run or not. I do think that Fournette could get a much better financial deal if he signs with another team. But I don't think he'll be more productive with another team than he was if he did choose to re-sign with the Buccaneers. And then Gronk, uh, Gronk and Brady, man, they are the funniest characters for our dynasty perspective, aren't they? They're definitely on their last leg. Um, but they can do it again for one more year. And if Gronk does decide to re-sign with Brady to play at Tampa Bay, the two of them could carry dynasty teams to championships just like they did last year. I know in a team where I was rebuilding, I gave away Tom Brady. Uh, to the team in in a a deal to try to rebuild, and that team won the championship last year. So it could happen again. Unbelievable. Next players to talk about was Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Uh, Rodgers signed a new deal with Green Bay, and Adams was given the franchise tag by the team too. Uh, These transitions are really good news for Packers fans, for sure, but they're also really good news for Dynasty managers who had Rodgers and Adams on their roster. Um, I could have imagined a scenario. Could not have imagined one at all where either player would be more productive with another team. 
And so I think this is the best situation for all of them. Uh, hopefully the Packers are just using this franchise tag to buy time while they look to sign Adams long-term. Um, he says so far that he's not going to play under the franchise tag, so hopefully they find a way to clear some money and sign him to a longer-term deal. But those two will make some good music as they have the last few years, for sure, if they do. Uh, with all the teams, particularly in NFC North, really in a transition and rebuilding years right now, I think the Packers are just going to dominate their division. And while they're dominating their division, they're going to be padding the fantasy stats along the way. Um, I think that they're staying uh, in Green Bay is also bodes well for the dynasty stock of Aaron Jones and um, A.J. Dillon. I think for both of them, uh, the Packers, I think they are going to need to address wide, re wide receiver position in free agency uh, because Alan Lazard, I think, is a restricted free agent. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a free agent. I think those guys are going to be gone, uh, with the exception of maybe Lazard. There was rumors to do uh, today also that I heard that they might be looking into Jarvis Landry, who was cut more on Landry next week. There's just too much to talk about in everything that happened before Monday afternoon. Next, we'll talk about Russell Wilson, Drew Locke, and Noah Fant. So last week's trade of Russell Wilson to the Broncos was definitely one of the biggest bombshells of the offseason. Uh, the trade radically affected the dynasty stocks of both Broncos and Seahawks players. In my opinion, Wilson value, Wilson's value remains about the same in and of itself. I do like the wide receiver combo of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett slightly more than Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. But on the other hand, if Denver allows Wilson to pass the ball and run more plays you know, than Seattle did over the last few years, that could actually help Wilson, even though I don't like the receivers as much. It's definitely stock up for every Denver offensive player, that's for sure, including uh, Albert O, uh, because there's going to be far more yards on the offense and scoring opportunities with Wilson leading the team. Uh, man, everyone who's been sitting, you know, questioning Sutton's value after his injuries and sitting on Jerry Judy, who's yet to really, really break out, uh, they're definitely excited about this. But it's just the opposite for Seattle players. Metcalf is too talented and young, really, to see his dynasty value drop too much. But Lockett and Fant, I think they're definitely going to move down my rankings, as will Chris Carson. And it remains to be seen if Seattle plans to use Lock as their starting quarterback since they traded for him this in this trade, or if they're going to try to find someone in free agency. Um, until we know, Lock's dynasty value increases significantly, but he's going to drop just as fast if they do end up adding a quarterback and see Drew Lock as more of a, a backup for whoever they ultimately want to bring in or draft. Next, let's talk Carson Wentz. Uh, Wentz was traded to the Commanders a few days after they lost out on the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Uh, Wentz is a pretty, you know, pretty bad second prize, in my opinion. Wentz or Russell Wilson, which do I want? Pretty bad second prize. Um, but I do think that he's bound to give the team a little bit more hope than Taylor Heineke did. Uh, Wentz has definitely fallen out of favor with two NFL teams now, and so that really doesn't speak well of his character or his dynasty value, for that matter. The trade has little effect on his already fading dynasty stock, in my opinion. Uh, really doesn't change my thoughts on the value of, of really any of the commander's offensive weapons, too. I, I think it slightly helps the value of Terry McLaurin, uh, but only the slightest amount. He's already done well enough with bad quarterbacks. He can do well enough with another bad quarterback in Wentz. I don't think it makes him that much better. Uh, as for the Colts that were affected by this trade, though, um, this open quarterback is a major concern for them. I'm certain that the Colts you know, want to address quarterback in free agency and possibly in the draft, too. I don't think that they think Sam Ellinger... Uh, Hook'em Horns is uh, who they intend to start next year. For now, uh, I have the dynasty value of the Colts pass catchers in kind of a holding pattern, just to wait and see which quarterback they add to their roster. Um, if it's Jameis Winston, or even if they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, I could see the Colts and their offensive weapons benefiting actually from a change like that. If they draft a rookie, however, 
their dynasty value is going to take an immediate hit, but could be more hopeful if that quarterback shows some promise, you know, long-term. That's what I think about Carson Wentz. Let's move now to some receivers. We'll talk about Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Uh, Cooper was traded to the Browns and really just did an effort to give the Cowboys some salary cap relief, affecting uh, some of the players positively and some negatively. Uh, this trade is not helpful for Cooper's dynasty value, in my opinion. He'll definitely be the best receiver on the Browns, but the team will just have, you know, already has a pretty bad offensive system for wide receivers, and the team has not made any of the receivers more productive than they were at previous teams. I think Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., you know, they did okay. They, they were they were good to have, but they neither of them were as good as they were when Landry was with Miami and, and Beckham was with the Giants. I think that's why Cooper's signing uh, doesn't change the way that I see about Baker Mayf- Mayfield either. The Cowboys players that are affected most by this trade, definitely C.D. Lamb. Uh, his value gets a bump since he's going to now be the wide receiver one for sure. And then Michael Gallup's value is rising significantly too because he signed the new deal with Dallas. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's doesn't change too much um, since they've re-signed Gallup. I think that they'll be doing just fine uh, from Dak's perspective. I think the losing player on this is definitely Cooper. And if you want to say that Cooper's better than Gallup, I would agree with that. But I still think that they're going to be fine and find plenty of ways for Dak to continue to be productive, especially since they also signed Dalton Schultz to a franchise tag, which we'll talk about shortly. Mike Williams is next. Uh, he definitely did what was best for his dynasty value by staying in L.A. That's my opinion. Staying in L.A. means staying with Justin Herbert, and that's a win-win. I don't think he's going to repeat what he did last year, especially at the start of the season, but he's established a really specific role as a deep threat and a big playmaker on their team. I think when the Chargers added uh, Josh Palmer in the third round, I thought that they that was an indication that they planned to move on from Williams after the, you know after the season. But after he signed last week, I had to admit it, I was wrong on that count. And I told a lot of you listeners to to, to bank on bank on uh, that. And so I've been wrong. I still think Palmer has a chance to be you know a more uh, vital part of the team. But now he's wide receiver three instead of wide receiver two, like I thought he was going to be. So that made me sad for all my Josh Palmer shares, for sure. Um, as for my Justin Herbert shares, though, um, he didn't have much room to move up in my rankings, but he's already so high. But Williams makes Herbert uh, even better, I think. Then we're going to talk about Calvin Ridley. Not so much a free agent news, but the bad news that he is suspended for gambling on the NFL. Man, that was one of the more significant breaking news things the last week, too. Uh, Ridley's dynasty value is already kind of in limbo based on his mental issues that caused him to step away from the game last year. Now I think his dynasty value is even in more question than it was before. Most of the subpar Atlanta wide receivers are free agents too. So the entire Falcons passing game is really a mystery right now. It's one of the most wide open teams in the league. Uh, the Falcons are definitely a favorite to draft a, a wide receiver. I'm pretty sure that, that will, they will do that in the first round now. Um, they have to, you know, based on their, they can, you know, they have to base their passing game around Kyle Pitts and whichever wide receiver they draft and, and really be aggressive in free agency. I don't know what they're going to do. There's too many open spots there. As for Kyle Pitts, uh, his dynasty value you know, couldn't be much higher anyway. Uh, Matt, Matt Ryan's dynasty value has kind of just been fading. And now that Ridley's gone, that doesn't really affect him too much either. Like I said, I think they're going to roll with Pitts and another rookie wide receiver that they're going to try to make something happen. Ridley managers, I think they're just going to have a really tough time trading at this point. So I think it's better just to sit on him and hope that he can come back and play in 2023. I mean, his value has to rise before you'd be willing to sell him, I think, at this point. A little smaller deal, but uh, I'll mention Josh Reynolds. Surprisingly, Reynolds 
signed a two-year deal to stay with the Lions. And at the end of the season last year, he really was a fantasy relevant, you know, for the first time in his career. I remember having him in my starting lineup in one of my playoff games. Uh, Detroit has, you know, young wide receiver one with the Monroe St. Brown. And I assumed that they'd be looking to draft another wide receiver in this year's draft. But the re-signing of Reynolds makes me think that they may wait and not really draft a, a stud wide receiver in this class early. But they might wait to like the third round like they did last year when they drafted St. Brown in the third round. If you know me, you know I've, I've always liked Reynolds more than most dynasty managers and analysts, and I was always hoping that he'd get his chance. And when he became the starter for the Lions last year, I grabbed him in a lot of different leagues. Um, and he ended the season well, so I like this move and hope that it really creates an opportunity for him to actually be a starter at the start of the year, which he's never been able to do on any team that he's been a part of. Let's talk a little bit of the tight ends because there was some tight end news. Turns out that uh, franchise tagging tight ends is a very inexpensive deal, and so lots of teams did it. Dalton Schultz, uh, the Cowboys placed a franchise tag on him, and they cut Blake Jarwin. And they traded Amari Cooper, as we already said. Uh, the Cowboys, I think they just like what they have in Schultz, and they believe that this you know fourth-year breakout that he had last year was not a fluke. He finished as a fourth-highest-scoring fantasy tight end last year. And I think that he should find himself in the top 12 in our dynasty rankings from now on because of this. Uh, this tag is excellent news for the value of Dak Prescott, too, who really loved to target Schultz, and they needed to retain him, you know, especially after trading Cooper. Uh, Schultz is bound to improve on his already high 104 targets that he had last season. Uh, he's going to be even more a part of the offense uh, this next year, so I love that they re-signed him. Mike Gusecki, uh, he also received the franchise tag from the Dolphins, and I think this was the best thing for his dynasty value as well. Uh, he can build upon his you know, second-year rapport that he had with Tua Tagovailoa this last year, and he can really become a big part of the new offense. And it's a new offensive system that's going to be insta installed by new coach Mike McDaniel. Uh, so they chose to keep him. I think that you know his stay with the team and Tua's dynasty value really helps. Uh, giving him a reliable tight end is good for Tua's value as well, um, along with the value of Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker, uh, who are you know going to get you have you know one more person competing for for the uh, pass catches there in Miami. Good thing for Gasecki. The next one though I didn't like, David Njoku. Uh, unlike Schultz and Gasecki, I wanted Njoku to sign with another team and I would have moved him up in my rankings if he had. The fact is that Cleveland targeted tight ends more than any other team last year, and the problem is that they have too many tight ends already, and they use them all. Last season, uh, Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant played 65 and 36% of key, uh, Cleveland snaps, compared to Njoku's 61%. I wanted Njoku to be on a team where he'd get the chance to be an every-down starter. Uh, plus, I also wanted Harrison, because I like a little bit of his up upside. I wanted him to get more snaps in Cleveland and see his dynasty stock begin to rise. Uh, now he and Ajoku, as the younger guys, are stuck at the back end of my tight end rankings along with the older guy on their team, Austin Hooper. I think it's just too big of a mess. and really wish Njoku would have signed with another team. And finally, uh, one of the late-breaking ones before I recorded this podcast was Zach Ertz. Ertz was re-signed by the Cardinals, uh, which is the best thing for him and his dynasty value. Uh, the Cardinals often targeted him uh, after buying him in the trade with the Eagles last year. The team had a clear plan for how they wanted to use him. They targeted him more than seven times per game last season. That's amazing. Christian Kirk now is leaving in free agency, making even more room for Ertz to be a part of the offense. And we all know that money speaks. They spent the money on Ertz, and they didn't on Kirk. Uh, after Ertz's dynasty value dropped significantly over the last season and a half with Philadelphia, it's crazy that he's actually risen back to what I consider to be a top 12 dynasty tight end, uh, even though he's 31 years old. 
good for Ertz. Bounce back value in Dynasty. And I know managers who have him on their teams are going to be really happy this next year, particularly since they were targeted seven times a game, really in a year where he just joined the team halfway through the season. Imagine what it's going to be next year uh, when he can be with the team the whole time and without Christian Kirk, who they targeted often as well. All right, that was a mouthful. And there's so many other things that happened just right before I recorded this too, but we'll save those for next week's podcast. That's what we'll do the next couple of weeks, just talk about this, you know, my opinions and dynasty takes on what happens with all these free agents and where they sign and what it means. Man, it's a fun time to be a dynasty freak. I hope that you're enjoying it. And for your leagues that are open and the waiver wires are open, man, be active, make some trades, do stuff with the information that we get from what the teams tell us when they pick up free agents and let people go in free agency. All right. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's and freaks. Much better on email than I am on Twitter, so that's the best way to contact me. As I say always, I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get free. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.